<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Usual wines are wines for the modern drinker. Each bottle is 6.3 ounces, which is a heavy pour or about a glass and a half of wine, which is my favorite serving amount. So there's no more pouring wine down the sink when you don't want to finish the bottle. Because of the single serve format and bottle design, Usual is always fresh. So there's no more flat bubbly or stale rosé. Usual wines are made from world-class AVAs in California like Napa, Sonoma, and Santa Barbara and are made with minimal intervention, zero sugar, and zero additives. The wines are low-carb. Get this. They have zero grams of sugar. Usual has a red blend, a rosé, a sparkling white wine called Brut that I love. And they also have limited production Brut Rosé just in time for summer. Did you know that in the U.S. there are over... 60 additives allowed by law to be used in winemaking. So no wonder you get hangovers. Usual wine doesn't use any chemical or sugar additives to enhance the flavors or stability of their wine. They are truly a clean wine brand. But don't grapes contain sugar, you ask? Well, yes, of course. But let me clarify. All usual wines are produced using natural, sustainable grapes harvested every fall. These grapes are picked at optimal ripeness to ensure all sugar will be fermented completely until the wines are dry with no residual sugar. All that is left over is delicious, clean wine. The process of fermentation happens when the natural yeast eat the naturally occurring sugar in the grapes. So in goes sugar, out comes alcohol. Some winemakers will purposely end fermentation early to keep a little sugar in the wine, but not usual wines. They are fermented until no more sugars are left. This ensures the wines are dry as possible and lower in calories. So go check out their website, usualwines.com, and use my discount code BEST for $8 off your first order and try your first glass on meat. Hi, this is Pia Baranchini, and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Hello, my darlings. Brooke and I have had an internet friendship for a while now. I've always admired her work and what she does with Naked Booty Podcast, as well as her relationship with her husband and her beautiful son. Now that I have entered into a new chapter of my life, I keep looking for moms who share my same work ethic and how they balance it all. Brooke has also had a fascinating career, and so this episode will surely prove to be helpful for anyone who wanted a career in fashion and tech 
on top of those who just love beauty. Enjoy. Okay. Hi, Brooke. <laughs> Hi, Pia. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for coming. It's, um, it's weird for me as a podcaster to be on the other side. I'm so used to asking the questions. <laughs> oh, really? You're not on a lot of podcasts? No, I don't really do a lot of podcasts. I've done like a handful here and there, but I'm I'm honored to be on yours because I love your show and I think you're so thoughtful. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> but I don't do it a lot. Oh, that's nice. It's kind of it's kind of weird. I feel like it's easier being on the interviewer side. For me, it's more interesting because I love getting to know people. Like I loved mm. interviewing you, Pia, because, you know, I oh, see you, I follow you. I think I know you because you share so much <laughs> of your life. But even in our conversation, you know, I learned so much about you and how you think about things. So mm-hmm. I, I I love getting and I only interview women I really admire, which I think oh, helps me thank you. be really engaged. So, <laughs> yes, I loved having you on my podcast. How long have you had Naked Beauty? I've been doing Naked Beauty for almost five years now. I started in September of 2016. So I'm like an OG podcaster at this point. I know because there were so many podcasters and then COVID happened. I think it went from like hundreds of thousands to millions in like three months is what I heard. Oh my gosh, really? Wow. Well, that's great. I think the more people that have podcasts, the better. It's such a great way to build community. And I love talking about beauty. I could talk about beauty like all day long. So (laughs) I love doing it. I know I do too. I think it was a great way for people to like get off like or like listen to something different or like learn interesting. And there's like a podcast for everyone, which I love. Yeah, I love it. I think it's such a great medium. So how often do you have, do you have, are you weekly? Weekly, every Monday, new episode. Okay. So as like someone who's only been doing this for like a year, how do you make sure that you like have enough people? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's it's a struggle. You know, my first year I was bi-weekly. So I, okay. I was doing two episodes a month, which was, you know, much easier. I think, you know, I've got a full-time job, um, a demanding full-time job. I've got a baby. Um, and then mm-hmm. I have the podcast. So I just have to make it work. I do my interviews um, at night after work, after the baby's down and I batch record. So now I'm like planned out maybe five weeks in advance. Some podcasters are like planned out two months in advance, which is... I don't like recording. I'm doing that a little bit now to try to like take a little bit off my plate from when the baby comes. But I feel so odd releasing something that, that I recorded like way far beforehand. Yeah, because you don't want it to be stale, right? You want it to be current. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. So I I batch record. And then I just, again, I think it's just about interviewing people you really look forward to Mm -hmm. talking to. And that just like makes you excited to have it on the calendar. I want to know everything about your career because all of a sudden we started following each other and I was like, wow, this girl's so cool. And then I was like, wow, her job is so cool. And then you did some like roundup of like all these places you had traveled with your husband. And I was like, God, your life is so interesting and cool. (laughs) So I'm dying to know like where, I mean, now you're at Instagram, but like, where were you before? And like, how, what was your, what did you think you wanted to do? All great questions. I'll give you. I'll give you the full story. So I grew up here in New York City. Um, I went to an all girls private school. It was very like Imagine Gossip Girls kind of vibe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that prepared me for anything. I think when people say like, I'm an oh, all girls this- school graduate too. Okay. See, like we know how to handle ourselves, right? Like there's once, once you overcome that environment, there's like nothing you cannot handle. Um, so I graduated from Spence and then, 
it's so interesting. Not a lot of people went to school on the West Coast. Everyone who went to school in New York, it was like all East Coast schools. It was like you wanted to go to Harvard, Princeton, Yale. And I applied to Stanford. I didn't really know that much about Stanford, but I went on visiting weekend. I knew it was a great school. I went on visiting weekend and it was like palm trees and people were playing volleyball. And I applied to Penn as well. And like I went to Penn and it was like raining and I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Stanford. But Leading up to going to Stanford, I was I thought I wanted to work in fashion. I I was like one of these girls that had a fashion blog. I also modeled. I was a model with Ford. So I was like, I'm gonna have this career in fashion. I interned at Vogue. I was like, I was like one of these people. I didn't like just intern one summer. I interned like two summers and like a fall at Vogue. I was like, I'm gonna be an editor at Vogue. Oh, amazing. And well, not as amazing once I learned what the starting salary was and I learned like, oh, this is going to be like a real struggle. Like, I Yeah. Think, well, it's a job for people who are already very well off. This is like, they don't need the money. <laughs> it's like extra money to buy shoes. And like, totally. I, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I need to like shift my thinking about like what I want to do. <laughs> um, and I, and I got to Stanford and it was like, I think my first few months was it was really hard for me because I was so different from everyone else. Totally. Everyone was like in sweatpants and flip flops, and like people would be like, "Why are you so dressed up?" Like people kind of treated me like like I was strange, and I was like, "Oh, I think all of you guys are are the ones that are weird, like not me." <laughs> um, but that's kind of where I understood that like young people could have a career in tech, like that. Because so in fashion, as you know, Pia, when you're young, you don't get to make any decisions. They want you like to steam clothes. They want you to like mm-hmm. only speak when spoken to. Um, I had an internship at Balenciaga and they had us like, we were like changing light bulbs and sweeping the showroom. Like, <laughs> one time I had, one time I had some thoughts to share like with the marketing team and they were, you know, you could tell these French people were like, why yeah. are you, why do you think that you even are allowed to come to us with ideas? Like we've got this, like we don't want to hear from you. So I kind of, again, started to realize, okay, maybe fashion isn't the right industry for me because I really want to have a voice and I want that to be heard. And then when I was at Stanford, it was like all these young people were creating apps, like the founder of Instagram. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he was like a senior or junior when I was a freshman, but it was like, okay, young, young people can like really make an impact. So that's when I started to think, okay, maybe I'd like to work in tech, but still on like the fashion creativity side. I graduated, I moved to London I had a job with Burberry and oh, then cool. but then my but then my visa fell through and I was like devastated. Like I've never been so devastated. How long you were know, you when in London young, for before that happened? Six months. Oh, so like, you just like had your groove, you were cruising. Yeah. And you know that feeling, like especially oh. when you're young and something bad happens and it feels like the end of your yeah, like everything. Yeah. <laughs> the world like is I, over. <laughs> it's like it was like the world was over. Like I can just remember like crying so hard, like being like, oh my God, I'm never gonna have a career. Uh, I ended up working at Nokia doing mm. entertainment marketing for like this music product, which is so cool. I got to like travel all around the US making a documentary about music culture that premiered at Sundance. So that was like a really amazing job. And it kind of taught me what content marketing was. Content marketing mm-hmm. was like a newish field. And I fell in love with that. I met my husband in London. And that's that's when we really started to travel together because he was living in New York. I was living in London and we would like meet up. We would meet up in Venice for a weekend. We'd meet up in Amsterdam. Uh-huh. We would meet up in Paris. That's how We'd you have... had all those cute romantic trips. Yes. Yes. And I mean, we still continue to travel once we got married. But I met him when I was young. I was 22. I was not thinking about marriage. When he mm-hmm. proposed to me, I was 23. No way. Uh, I know a baby, a baby. Yeah, I know. Looking back, I'm like, wow, that's, that was so young. Um, But my mom also got married young. So maybe somehow. Well, I I think now there's this weird stigma. You're supposed to be like 
experienced and live your life. My husband and I had this conversation the other day and I'm like, it's so nice to meet someone young that you just love and you can grow together. And then you have all those years together. Like there's nothing wrong with that by any means. It's just a lovely different path. It is. How old were you guys when you met? 27, 28. Okay. I mean, no, I I was 28. 28. Okay. And, and how old were you when you got engaged? I'm doing my math wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm 34. (laughs) We've been together like a little over five. I was 29. We were, I was 30. Okay. So you would, you would kind of like, I, you would had more years of like dating experience than me, but I also growing up in New York city, I feel like we like started dating young. Like I was like, not to, not to make myself sound like a total mess, but like I was going out to nightclubs weekdays. No, that's totally like, true. And I mean, when I was 16, 17, like we were going out. Like yeah, you're we, a city kid. Exactly. So I feel by the time, by the time my husband proposed, I was like, oh, I've been dating for like a million <laughs> years. I'm like ready to settle down. Um, and, and he lived in New York and it was, you know, he proposed, it was clear we were going to like start a life together. I moved back to New York and I started working at Ralph Lauren. I did social media for Ralph Lauren. Have you ever, I don't think you've ever worked as a social media manager, right? It's the hardest job in the world. I did it for Reformation when I like started their Instagram. <laughs> so, like, but, okay, you know what? When but it you wasn't did it, the same thing. It was like, it was probably cute. fun. It was yeah. probably fun. You didn't have to go through like 17 layers of approvals. No, and, like, no, I wasn't putting together like content calendars and like, no, no, no. Yeah, I always tell people, I think being a social media manager is one of the hardest jobs um, in the world. Um, anyone who's listening, who's a social media manager right now, like sending my love to you because it's, <laughs> it's a, it's an around the clock job. It's like mornings, nights. Like I, I think you experience burnout. I think there's a reason why young people do mm-hmm. it. Um, and after two years of doing that, I, I knew that I wanted to change. So then I moved to Viacom where I did entertainment marketing um, for all of the Viacom brands. That's MTV, Comedy Central, cool. BET, VH1. That was really fun. And then I just kind of saw where like media was going and where video was going. And Instagram was launching this amazing new product at the time called IGTV. And I remember someone that I connected with at Viacom was like, I'm building this team at Instagram. Would you be interested in like interviewing for the role? It's like for this new thing called IGTV. And I was like, oh my gosh, absolutely. I love video. I love technology. I love culture. Like, yes, yes, yes. And now it's been like two, two and a half years I've been at Instagram. So cool. It's what yeah, a, I know what you, a, that, I mean, IGTV was such a, I don't know, it was like took Instagram to this, this whole other level. Well, I just like love all of the video content. And I love that you share video. Like you shared today, you were like um, trying on dresses for your baby shower. <laughs> There's something about video that, I don't know, it, it communicates oh, yeah. your personality in a moment so much more than a picture can. And I Absolutely. think like creators used to just like post, you know, pictures in nice outfits, but I think it's like moving towards this kind of place now. And I'm not just speaking about Instagram overall, where people connect with people that have a point of view about life that you can feel their personality, like looking good in and out that just isn't enough anymore. No, it's not. And also for somebody who's not, and you went through this too, like, you know, as like a person who becomes then pregnant, you're like, oh, it's hard for me to like identify as like a person in a cute outfit because like things aren't really fitting me. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I think, I, I think I actually unfollowed quite a few people during my pregnancy and, and people that I didn't realize were like making me feel a certain way. Oh, that's why I post that video today trying on stuff. Cause I was like, I know that everyone feels like this. Like it was like, I mean, it was like a very sad moment for me. Like I got like emotional today because I was like nothing. Yeah. But it's like, it's true. It's then you are communicating something and reaching out to a whole different group of people. Yeah, absolutely. 
Looking to change your diet? Here's a radical idea. What if instead of imposing restrictions and limits, being totally miserable and then binging, you just nourished your body and gave it more of what it really needs? That's where Sakara comes in. Sakara believes in giving you more of what's good for you. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients and are designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. The menu of creative, chef-crafted, ready-to-eat breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly, so you'll never get bored. I do these meal plans often, and at 5 a.m., a nice person drops off freshly made food with a different menu every week. It's incredible. It's just delivered fresh to your door and it's anywhere in the U.S. I literally don't even know how they do it. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials and supplements like herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder. I have this packed in my hospital bag. (laughs) So as soon as I can give birth, I can drink it. It's incredible. It's made with organic raw cacao, and it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, The New York Times, and more. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when you go to sakara.com slash best or enter code best at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash best to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash best. Everyone needs an escape, but those can be extremely hard to come by right now. So enter Dipsy. Let yourself get lost in a world where good things happen and where your pleasure is the only priority. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy audio story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios, so you feel like you're right there. Listen to stories about hooking up with your hometown crush you never made a move on, or that coworker that you always had a little thing for, or maybe a story that puts you in bed with someone who's telling you exactly what they like to do to you. They release new content every week, so there's always more to explore, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. And if you need to wind down, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash best. That's 30 days full of access when you go to dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A, stories.com slash best. That's dipsystories.com slash best. I'm Sinead Grimes-Beach. And I'm Annalyn McCord. After years spent playing best friends on screen on 90210. And fighting like hell behind the scenes. Ah, yes. How could I forget? (laughs) We made it out of our time in Young Hollywood on a show that shared names with the most iconic zip code in the world. Bonded for life, but not without a shit ton of baggage in tow. Now we are back together letting it all hang out on our new podcast, Unzipped. Tune in and unzip with us and our brilliant guests every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. So now you are in quarantine with a child. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> for a year. What? Okay. So what has it been like being pregnant and giving birth during this last year and then trying to work? 
Yeah. So pregnancy, it's interesting. I had this pregnancy book where you had to kind of like chart all of these things. And there was this like thing that was like the first time someone like touched your belly or the first time someone like asked. And I was like, I haven't been outside. Like no one's touched my belly. No one's like, so me pregnant. you know, like my, I literally, none of my colleagues, none of my friends really saw me pregnant. I have like one friend that lives in Brooklyn that like I saw a few times, but like I was, I was in Sag Harbor with my family. Mostly I didn't have this experience of like being pregnant and out and about and, and mm-hmm. like, and not that I like care, like need that reaction of like people seeing me pregnant, but it's just like a weird I think, you I, kinda, think. I think, I think it's nice. I think it feels really nice to be like acknowledged for being pregnant. Don't <laughs> <Yeah>. you? <laughs> I mean, I mean, towards the end we would go um, like out to like once all the outdoor dining was open in New York city, we would like go to restaurants that are normally very hard to get into. Just me being like so pregnant, they would just give us a table. Okay. Like, so that's what to, I'm saying. Like you have yeah. to do that stuff when you're yeah, pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like we'd like walk up to Santa bros and be like table for two and they'd be like give a reservation <laughs> now and they were like okay uh we'll have to wait and I was like can I sit somewhere while we wait because I can't stand up and they were like shit <laughs> let's just like get this very pregnant one at the table immediately that's um, what we've been doing too <laughs> yeah I mean work it work it while, while you can um and you know it's so weird yeah I'm sure people say this to you like oh you're gonna miss your bump like oh you're gonna miss it so much do people tell you this all the time people told me that too and I have to say, I loved being pregnant, but I don't miss my like pregnant body. I think towards the end, it became very difficult for me to sleep. Like I just, That's I would get, me now. yeah, I would get in bed and I would know it's going to be a it's long not, night. It's going to be a long <laughs> night. It's tossing and turning. I'm going to be hot. I'm going to be uncomfortable. And, and I found that I could sleep really well in like the early morning. Like I'd like wake up after a bad night of sleep and then be able to somehow sleep from like, I don't know, like eight to 11. That's like when I got my best sleep. Mm-hmm. That's happening to me too. Well, I, I don't, I've been having to get out of bed at nine. Like I'll wake up at six and be like, ugh, and then I'll go back to sleep. And I was like, yes, I got in those two hours. And I'm like, I guess this is just preparing me for when the baby comes. Yeah, totally. I think the other thing to note, like while I was pregnant this summer, like that's when America was having this whole racial reckoning. And I think as a black mm-hmm. woman, I had to be really conscious about what I was consuming and how it was affecting my stress levels. Because I think, I mean, this past year has been stressful for so many different reasons. COVID is one of them, but I think also just seeing Black people being targeted and attacked. And it was just very upsetting, especially knowing I was having a boy and like Mm -hmm. thinking, how is he going to be treated? So I had to do a lot of like protecting myself and my own well-being um, and really just prioritizing myself now that I have given birth and I am a mom, um, I just, I just really set boundaries like with my work. Like I don't take any meetings after 5.30, like no matter what ever. I'm really intentional about like the times that I have to breastfeed. I put those on the calendar. I've just like set those boundaries. And that's just advice that I've gotten from other moms, like other working moms. Like they've just said, you have to be like strict. You can't like make exceptions and then people will adapt to you because they kind of have to. What has it been like going through you know, everything that happened during COVID in terms of Black Lives Matters and and all the content that's being put on a platform that like you work for, because obviously you have to keep looking at Instagram to make sure that you're tuned in, of course. So like, how do you set up those boundaries? Like, I, I can't imagine that being mentally easy. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's not, just one platform. It's like Twitter, it's Reddit, yeah. it's YouTube, it's it's the news, it's CNN. I mean, it's it's the paper, it's it's everything. So 
I think I I found out something really cool that you can do on Twitter. You know how like a video will just automatically play? I don't have Twitter. Oh, you don't have Twitter. Oh my God. Okay. Well, that's I, that's also why that's a narrow-minded question for me because like Instagram really is the only like... Only platform you use. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I love it all. Like I'm on all of the platforms all the time. <laughs> but there's this cool thing where you can do where like in settings, you can stop a video from auto-playing. Oh. And, and like I... Because like people will like share these like violent videos of like horrible things happening with police and violence. And like, I just like made it so like videos couldn't autoplay. So I wouldn't even mm-hmm. just like accidentally scroll past those things, which I think has been really helpful. And then I just think it's like with all things, whatever we're doing on our screen, like you have to take a break. I always struggle with my screen time, always. And I think I would struggle even if I didn't have the job I had um, because I like the internet. Like I like <laughs> communicating with people. I like looking at things. I like Do you look at articles. your phone first thing in the morning? I do. I wish I could be one of those people that's like, I, I get up, I, I water, journal. I, <laughs> I, I write down my like aspirations. I do do my gratitude journal, but I look at my phone first before I do my gratitude journal. What I, do you look at on your phone? Like what's your process of like, is it like Instagram, email, news? I probably look at my texts first. Mm-hmm. Um, then I do, I, I never look at my email. It's My email is horrible. I'm so bad on email. <laughs> 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 then I check like my work chat. Then I t- check, I definitely check Instagram and then I'll see if like any like news stories are like coming up. But yeah, I, I just, that's just like what I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. do it too. We all do. I Have know, you but, thought- but do we all? Because people, I feel like people are like, I like read like from my book in the morning and like <laughs> make my tea and then like stretch and then meditate. And then I look at my phone. I think people, I think there's like certain people who try. I think they probably have different jobs than we have. Yeah. You know, like... I mean, I have a couple of friends who are like very powerful and own really huge companies and you would be shocked they don't have Instagram, but they like they have the privilege to not have it. You know what I mean? I mean, I like absorbing that kind of information, but I think that they're so busy with like their high powered jobs all day long that they don't have like the capacity for it and their jobs don't necessarily at all require them to look at the internet. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, I'm like, okay, you just like live differently but I think a normal person wakes up and looks at their phone (laughs) yeah it's it's absolutely a hard thing have you thought about what that means for Mavi screen time stuff yeah so it's it's so funny I was asking in my mom group I was like is FaceTime considered screen time and they were like yes but I mean I think with COVID like he hasn't been able to see his Mm -hmm. grandparents he hasn't been able to see his great-grandparents he he's still he's seven months old he still hasn't met his family in Turkey I mean like my husband's family like that's that's really challenging so like we have to um for them to like see him and interact with him we we do uh FaceTime and I think like that's fine. It's at least it's not like a passive consumption. It's like somehow like two-way interactive. Absolutely. But it's so interesting. I was reading this um, study about kids and like what they want to be when they grow up. And like all of this research is saying that like kids now, like when they say when they want to grow up, they want to be creators. They want to be YouTube creators. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're on YouTube all day. They're watching people. They, you know, whether it's whatever platform it is, but they don't want to, they aren't saying like, okay, I want to be a an job. architect. <laughs> Yeah. Like they're like, oh, I want to like create content and make money from that. And I always think about like, if he wanted to do that, how would I feel? And it would be very stereotypical, not stereotypically, very hypocritical of me to have an issue with that. But can I tell you what my way around that is? Tell me. You have to be good. Like, because I see this all the time, especially when girls like pitch themselves for LPA. Like, 
but who are you? And like, what are you good at? So mm-hmm. it's like everyone, what, like, what's your angle? Like, and what makes you different and interesting? Is it that you are really good at like, you know, little kids like reviewing toys and like maybe at one point that makes you like a product developer or like an engineer, you know, I think you like pivot yeah. in those ways. But if you're just like, this is what I wore today or like, this is what I'm doing all day long. I think there's like a little bit of a danger to that because there's no, it's like, what's your purpose? And like, what are, what, like, if, if for some reason the internet would go away, like, would you have the skill set to have another job somewhere? It's kind of like what's my rule has been. That totally makes sense. But I think us saying, what if internet went away would be it's like, never gonna happen. <laughs> it's like, it's like, well, you want to be a banker, but what if all the banks go away? It's like, what? <laughs> like, like for them, they're going to be like, what do you mean? Like the internet's never going to go away. <laughs> but yeah, I think, but now you brought up something. Now I'm curious, Pia, when people pitch themselves to you for LPA, like what does a pitch entail? Hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. I have a, an accumulation of 250,000 followers between TikTok and Instagram. I think I would be really good at creating content for your brand. Like, or and do they want money or do they want just products? Sometimes they'll be like, for $250, I will. And I'm like, what? Because <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, we don't, I don't, I can't, you know, I'm not paying anyone. A lot of the time it's, they want free clothes. But then I'll look at like, who they are, what they stand for, what they've posted about in in terms of like current events or like anti-racism or like, you know, all that kinds of stuff. And for the most part, I just delete a lot of the messages because I'm like, this is, I don't need like another body on here. Yeah. So, so what would someone have to do to stand out for you? I like, there's so many cool, interesting girls on the internet that are just awesome and have like, great style and take cool photos and I can look at their Instagram right away and be like, oh, this girl's good at this and she likes that. And she like has a cute cat with a funny name. And like, you know, mm-hmm. you just can see someone's world very quickly outside of like a flat image and then a bunch of hashtags to get likes and yeah. views. Yeah, that's interesting to hear you uh, discuss that process. <laughs> but also most people don't. Most people are like, oh, her engagement, like... I'm very like, I, I don't know. I just, it's why the LPA Instagram is like not that good anymore. <laughs> no, no. I think that's what makes that makes that people can feel that genuineness. I was telling you before we started recording, like how much people really love you. Like when I was sharing that you were going to be on Naked Beauty, people were like, oh my gosh, I love her. She's amazing. I love her life. I love everything she shares. Like people feel <laughs> that connection to you because you have values and you stand for something and you share so much of who you are. Well, you people, too. So. It's been like great following you and us being able to connect because I'm like, oh, what are like intelligent sophisticated woman with like a beautiful (laughs) aspect and a cool husband and great style and is interesting and very well spoken. You know, it's very nice. And I think people, you know, I think like you connect with the people that you, you know, like look up to essentially. So that's where the internet's really great is it's just like, oh, I can be like enriched by another person rather than like feel a little like soul sucky. Like, oh, I'm not on a vacation in a pretty outfit, you know, like. Yeah which I think is is a good thing too. But, you know, you want to be able to be like, there's something else happening here. Because <laughs> yeah, the internet absolutely. is the internet. People like people on a boat in a bathing suit. Yeah, like, I mean, I want to be on a boat in a bathing suit. Me too. Sign me up. Speaking of, I saw you've been to Bodrum. <laughs> yes, oh my God. We're planning well, our trip now. We're going, we're going back. I can't wait. It's magic. I've been there. 
I'm just like so curious what you thought of it. Because I remember the first time I went and I was like, what? Like, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah, I didn't either. What's the name of the hotel that's next to the addition? That really beautiful one. Um, oh, I, I didn't. I don't know. I know the addition, but I don't know the hotel. I'm sure there is one. There's like next one. To it. There's two hotels basically that are beautiful. Okay. And there's this other one. It was the most beautiful place I've ever. It was the most beautiful hotel I'd ever been to. And like the owner was there, like smoking cigars and just <laughs> being so cool. And yeah, I mean Turkish people are wonderful. They really are. It was a really lovely, beautiful experience and hearing like the call to prayer every day was like, it, like I like felt it in my soul. Like mm. it was the most beautiful sound and just thinking of like all these people that are like pausing whatever they're doing to like all pray for like, a, it was just magical to me. I loved it. Yeah, Turkey is a very special place. I think Turkish hospitality is definitely a thing. People go like above and beyond to like make sure that you feel comfortable. I think they like really cater to visitors as well because they want you mm -hmm. to like come back and have a good experience. I can remember in Istanbul, there was a woman on the street. She had like this amazing bracelet on. It was like, it like wrapped around her. It was like so interesting. And I asked my husband to ask her in Turkish, like, oh, I love that bracelet. Where's it from? Where's it from? Because I wanted to buy it. And she was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. And then she like took it off of her wrist and like put it on my wrist. And she was like, take it. And I was like, oh my God, no, I'm not going to take your bracelet. Like this is like, you know, I don't even know who you are. But she was like, no, 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 take it. I want you to have it. And I like ultimately refused because I'm not going to take this woman's bracelet. But that's just like how mm -hmm. Turkish people are. They're like so welcoming and warm. Um, and I, I've been going every year since we've been dating. So I've, I've gone to Turkey, you know, maybe six or seven times now. Every time I go, I like fall in love every, like even more. We take our boat basically from, it's not my boat, uh, <laughs> father's boat. We take his father's boat from Istanbul to Bodrum. And it's like this beautiful wow. journey across the agency. And we always talk about the color of the water, right? They call it the blue voyage because you're like going across the agency. And Mavi, which is my son's name, means blue in Turkish. So Aww. we say that we fell in love on the water. So we named him Blue. I love yeah. that. This episode is brought to you by my wonderful friends at Public Goods, the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything from coffee to toilet paper, shampoo to pet food, Public Goods is your new everything store thoughtfully designed for the conscious customer. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I have been the biggest fan of public goods for a while now, because rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, I can go to public goods where I am a member and I can buy all of my premium essentials in one place. And they all have a beautiful streamlined aesthetic, which I know is a weird thing to be proud of. But when I open my cabinets and see these beautiful clear bottles that are clearly labeled, it makes me so calm and collected and happy. Public Goods searches the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, and innovative products. I changed all of our cleaning products to Public Goods last year. I feel so good about using products all over the house that don't burn my nose. They ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives still common on drug and grocery store shelves. They're committed to making their products healthy and safe for humans, animals, and the environment. And as a new mom, it's so important to me, especially as a mom who has three dogs. Knowing what's in your products or where they come from is so important. And these small changes in the way that we shop can make a huge impact on personal health and the world at large. 
I personally bought all of the new eco-friendly and clean towels for our house to make sure that my baby and my mom and my husband and our dogs are all getting clean using towels that aren't damaging the environment and laced with chemicals. They use a membership model, which is how they keep costs low and pass on more savings to their customers. So best of all, you can make your first purchase with no obligation. They plant one tree for every order placed and incorporate sustainability into every part of the company. So join hundreds of thousands of others who have switched to their new everything store. I worked out an awesome deal just for my listeners. You can receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They are so confident, and so am I, that you will absolutely love the products and come back again and again that you just get 15 bucks to spend on your first purchase, whatever you want. Plus, right now, receive your choice of either a free pack of bamboo straws or reusable food store drops with your order. There's nothing to lose. So just go to publicgoods.com slash best or use code best at checkout. That's P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S.com forward slash best and get $15 off your first order. What has it been like marrying someone from a totally different background? Well, you know, it's like every day, it's like full of surprises. He said something yesterday that like made me laugh so hard because it was just like so such broken English. It's like, what exactly are you trying to say? I feel like I'm sure you have this experience. Like sometimes he says things the wrong way, but like I know what he means. So like I never correct him. Yeah. Um, but he told me recently, like, I actually want you to correct me when I say something wrong because like I'm never going to learn. Like if you just let me say this wrong thing all the time, I'm never going to learn. Um, but I mean, his, his English is wonderful. He, he worked at like Coca-Cola for 10 years. Like he's, he's yeah. very proficient. English. <laughs> you know, there are still things. Um, and I, I think it's just great to be able to like learn a totally different culture. Um, I think it's been really interesting to see the way that he is, um, learned and understood race relationships. That's in the what US. I was going to ask, especially the last year, because it's, I think it's really shocking for someone who grew up in another country to see how bad it is here. I think I think it's been very shocking for him, and I think I've seen his journey and his evolution as he's like become more aware and like really understood um, what the issues are in this country. And I think you know it's even more important now we're having like a mixed race son that he he understands it. So we have these conversations all the time. And then in addition to having our like being from different countries, we also have like a pretty significant age gap as well. He's ten years older, so mm. you know there are things like the funniest one that I always think about is <laughs> somehow like Aaliyah came up and he was like, who's Aaliyah? And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? And he was like, what? Like she never like made it to Turkey. And I was like, I just, <laughs> the fact that you don't know who Aaliyah is, is like deeply upsetting to me on like a spiritual level. Um, so like, I just always think about like, there are these things that like I know so well that he just like doesn't know because, you know, different country, different time period. So Saying Aaliyah never made it to Turkey is really. I know. But like, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like how it's funny, the things that are American in other countries that they're like, oh, yeah, I grew up with that. Or like, yeah, I know every like Bruce Springsteen song or like every Steve McQueen movie. It's funny the things that translate. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like for some reason they aired all of the like black family sitcoms like in Turkey. He like knows all of those, but I'm like, what? He's like, they all like came on in like a block, like back to back. And I'm like, that's so interesting. Um, but what about for you and Davide? Are there things that like he like doesn't know that you're like, are you kidding me? 
Yeah, and I think, you know, what was really cute is when, cute, I don't mean to undermine his, when he, I remember having a mind-blowing moment with him when he understood, when he knew enough English to understand rap lyrics. Oh, wow. That's a big one. And like, he grew up really poor in Sicily and related so much to Jay-Z. <laughs> and the struggle. <laughs> I love it. And was like, I understand. Like, he was like, he's a genius. It was Aww. like, oh That's my God. Adorable. Like, I, he's like, he knows. And I was like, yeah. And then you would like see him like, you know, like try to like get into it. And then I'm a little bit like, okay, but also understand that's a culture that's not yours. So we need to be like respectful <laughs> of like, <laughs> like, you that know what I mean? hysterical. Like we got to find like a safe way. You can't just like be like the white Italian guy blasting rap music, you know, <laughs> be like a little understanding. And then, yeah. Cause then it was also like him realizing that we live like, then he's really mind blown. I think a lot by what happens here but I think for the most part there was a lot like he loved uh, a lot of things that made it there were um, like the officer and a gentleman so and there was an uh, army base on one side of Sicily so he's obsessed they grew up like obsessed with that culture with like the navy and the army and thinking that that was like the ultimate American thing and that's the ultimate badass so like he loves going to the army navy store <laughs> interesting how does how does he feel about the depiction of like organized like basically like mafia culture because i think it's like very unfortunate that so much of like the representation of like Italian families that we see in this country. And like, I love The Sopranos. Like, I think that is an incredible show. But I'm just thinking as a Black person, like I'm very sensitive to representation when it's like consistently negative. But I would imagine as like, especially being from Sicily, I'd, I'd imagine coming here and seeing the media, you'd be like, what the hell? That doesn't bother him because it, it was a real part of his life. Like it's really true. What really okay. bothers him is like the red checkered like tablecloths and calling mozzarella moots and like people who are like dressing in like an Italian costume every day who are like American Italian, but like don't speak Italian. Like that uh, stuff really bothers. And now he's also had to realize that that's its, its own other culture. Like that American Italian is its own culture. And he, he's actually like working on like a documentary about it because it's just oh, so fascinating. But yeah. the crime stuff, he's like, oh yeah, that's real. <laughs> really so he's like this is my life I like knew it and lived it and it was like around me so like he sees it and he's like yeah that's accurate yeah like we watched uh Stanley Tucci's show oh, last I, did. Night. I watched that too did you see which, the which one so we watched the one on Rome where the girls cafe had been lit had been bombed I didn't see that one there was like a it's like a neighborhood that that was like a up, you know, up and coming neighborhood. But it, what that means to them is different because it's not like a one race is getting kicked out. It's it's people who aren't paying people to be in that neighborhood. So I was like, why are they? Why did they set her cafe on fire? And he was like, she's not paying for protection. Like it was so wow. like she's not she's in with the wrong people. You can't just do that. Like you got to wow. respect the people that are there. And I was like, <laughs> what? Do you think you would ever live? Do you think you would ever live in Italy? Yeah, I would love to. Would you ever live in Turkey? I would love to. I don't think my husband wants to. Mm. I feel it's like, like where he's from. So he's like, eh. And he's such a traveler, which exactly. David is too. Yeah. It would be nice to have a base in Europe. So, I mean, we're so, California is so far away from everything. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> so we're like really far away from everything. Okay. Let's talk about 
beauty. <laughs> yes, my love. <laughs> okay, I want to know. I want to know. I have like so many questions. I'm like, what are your favorite products? But more so, I just want to know what like your morning and nighttime routines are. And was it hard adjusting that while being pregnant? And you're still breastfeeding. Still breastfeeding. You know, it's so interesting. I like a lot of, I was going to say women, but now everyone's into skincare. So I like a lot of people thought that retinol and BHA and all of these acids and things were like the reason why my skin was good especially retinol. I was like, oh my gosh, like retinol, what a game changer. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped using everything and my skin was absolutely fine. Um, So yeah, like I, I, my entire pregnancy, I didn't have a single breakout. And some people say, oh, that's like pregnancy hormones. But even now still I'm breastfeeding. I haven't, you know, started using retinol. My skin has been absolutely fine, if not like better. So I think there's something to be said Mm. about people damaging their skin barrier, using all of these harsh acids and tretinoin and like a lot of that stuff can really irritate your skin. And then you're like putting on like a calming cream because you've like irritated and disrupted. And like, I think, you know, I've, I've had the chance to interview a lot of experts on skin, whether they have their own skincare brands, whether they're dermatologists. And one thing that's really consistent that they all say is like, the simpler, the better. Like you Mm -hmm. want to keep your skin happy and you want to like nourish it and like treat it nicely, but you don't want to do too much. So I think I've had to like learn that lots of like products that do lots of different things does not like serve my skin. Mm-hmm. That being said, I love an indulgent skincare routine. Like I love doing gua sha. <laughs> I love doing like serums and oils and like a nice, like I'll put on a nighttime mask in the morning. I have really dry skin. So in the morning, I do not wash my face. I think that's like a big tip. I think a lot of people, if you have dry skin, you just shouldn't be washing your face in the morning. I do like a vitamin C, I do a serum, and then I do like a sunblock. I love Supergoop. Supergoop is like, mm-hmm. I think they make the best sunscreen. So I love that. And then at nighttime, that's when I like really get into like all of my steps. That's when I'll do like a double cleanse. Um, I love Then I Met You. They have a beautiful cleansing balm. I'm using an Elemis cleansing balm right now that's really beautiful. And then I'll do just like a regular cleanser. I like the um, Dr. Barbara Sturm foam cleansing um, mm-hmm. face wash. And it's so, I like, I, it's so funny. People that listen to Naked Beauty know for years, people came on my podcast and talked about Dr. Barbara Stern products. And I was like, they're so expensive. Like, <laughs> are know. they that good? But they're great. But I always have to also share that these products are gifted to me. So I know mm. that the price tags are very high. And because they're gifted to me, I like have a chance to use them. But I also tell people like, you don't absolutely need these products. They're not like... There's no single product that I've tried that I think like, oh my gosh, it's 100% worth all of the money. Um, like I love Vintner's Daughter. I love their serum, but like you don't you don't need it. Um, People speak so highly of that serum. It's really great. April's done an amazing job formulating like a beautiful facial oil. There's a lot in it, but the like hero ingredient in it for me in the, and like I've interviewed her, she's been on the podcast and I told her this, like, cause I, I tried to recreate the Vintner's Daughter serum on my own. I make a lot of my own yeah. oils and serums and... I love sea buckthorn oil. Sea buckthorn mm. oil. There's so many like products that like I'm obsessed with that have sea buckthorn oil in it. So now I just have like cold pressed sea buckthorn oil and I'll like add yeah. it to jojoba oil or argan oil. And that's great. And I think that's like another big tip for people. If there are lots of products that you like, figure out what the like primary ingredients are. So look at like those first three or four ingredients. And that's usually when you can tell like what, what your skin likes. So if you, if there are like a certain facial oils that you really love, and they all have grapeseed oil in them, then like your skin loves grapeseed oil. So buy grapeseed oil and start using that on your skin and body. I think you can kind of like figure out what it is that your skin likes and then find that in other products. 
I love that you did that over this summer. Oh God, it was last summer. Time means like nothing anymore. <laughs> you um, did a really cute video on how to make like oils for your skin. Yeah, like combine how to make your own body of, oil. How to make your own body oil. And I had like two weeks before, because I was like, knew at any point I could be pregnant. And I was like, I should just start prepping my skin for it. You know, like... I love, I love like my whole body, my face doesn't do well with oil, but I love my whole body in oil. And I did that. I started looking at some of my favorite things and being like, oh, okay, well I could just like order this (laughs) from Amazon, like in bulk and then mix different batches and add different, you know, smells depending upon my mood. Yes. It's so nice to like add like, okay, I want a little bit of rose oil and a little Mm -hmm. bit of sandalwood and a little bit of like grapefruit oils to be uplifting and like make your own little body oil cocktail. So so what did you make? I was really heavy into lots of like lavender before I read and was told by a doctor that lavender when you're pregnant mimics estrogen in your body. So if you're pregnant with a boy, you're giving him too much estrogen. Wow. That's very intense. I did not know that. How random and weird is that? (laughs) I was like, what? Essential oils are just good for everything all the time. And everyone was like, no, no. So I I was... You have to be careful when you're pregnant with some essential oils and some can also induce labor. Like they can cause labor. Yeah. So I was doing like a lot of like peppermint lavender. I do love grapefruit, but it was, I was, my base was always um, like sweet almond oil. Oh, love. I love, love. sweet almond oil. It's and then so I good. would do like a little bit of vitamin E because I scar pretty easily. I have pretty like pale Danish skin from my mom. And so I found that like my skin reacts really well to vitamin E and like little blemishes or things will go away. So it was like that combo. I know. I was just like, this is great. But you know, then I'm also like an asshole who like put like the mother oil on last night. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. (laughs) And I was like, is it? (laughs) It is, but it's so expensive. But I was like, oh my God, I'm so nourished. But you know. And, and, And you're in the same position where like people send you things, right? So I always like really like every time I interview people, especially editors about their favorite stuff, I like have to like, like there's just such a difference between what you buy for yourself and like you Mm -hmm. can experience something and be like, oh, this is lovely. This is so nice. But then like oftentimes you don't even know how much stuff costs. There's a moisturizer that I've been using from Retrouve that I really love. I just found out today that it's $450. (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) It's like a really nice moisturizer, but I was shocked. I know the worst is then getting addicted to something that's really nice. And you're like, I'm not going to pay. I'm not buying this. Like, I know. And then I'm like, if I'm not buying it, I shouldn't be telling people to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. But I will. There are a few things that I always, when I was really like, you know, making my like $30,000 a year on my own biologique, I was always like, I I will just splurge on this because it was the only thing at the time that was making my skin good. Yeah. Yeah, people love P50. I am personally not a fan, but I understand the obsession. I'm not using it anymore because of the ingredients. Yeah, the like I can't with the fat ingredient list. It's just not Ugh. for me. But a mask Vivante I really love. Okay. It's annoying though, because once you start using all the stuff, it all just works as I think it only works if it works together. And then you're like 500 bucks deep into like two things. Yeah. Yeah. And Skincare, just, it's, it's, I think... 
skincare is really fun. I think people get stressed because they feel like they are like one product away from having the best skin of their life. But what really Mm -hmm. makes you have good skin is consistency. Mm -hmm. Like just consistently doing your routine in the morning and at night, obviously wearing sunscreen, drinking lots of water, getting sleep, all of that stuff that everyone knows. But I think... I think people are always like looking for like the the cream that's going to like change it all for them. And it just doesn't really exist. I Mm-mm. think it's just about like educating yourself, learning your skin, learning what your skin likes and doesn't like, and then catering to it. Food changes have made better impacts on my skin, like balancing my hormones and, and tracking my period and all that kind of stuff has done way better. And then everything else on top of that topically is just like a bonus. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think um, sleep is also a big one. And I'm so bad about sleep. I like don't get the sleep that I should get, but I think it makes a big difference. What makeup brands are you live or die for? I love Kosis. I, I just had the founder of Kosis, Sheena, on the podcast. She's so great. She's so cool. And for so for years, I've been saying, this is before I ever tried Kosis. Can someone make clean beauty, like a clean makeup line. Like, cause I would try like the makeup at Whole Foods and I was like, Ugh. this is a joke. It's like, <laughs> and especially on my skin, like with melanin, like I would try like a blush and it was like this dusty, like powdery, like it was just <laughs> yuck. Like I was like, if someone can make like Pat McGrath, NARS level, like pigments that make it clean, like and make it good for our skin. Like that's like the biggest need in like the makeup world because I feel like my skincare was like very like I was very ingredient conscious. But when it came to makeup, I was just like, whatever, I'll like use that Tom Ford, but you know, like just because it looks good. So I love Kosas. They have a concealer, the Revealer Concealer. I tell everyone about it. I'm absolutely obsessed with it. I think it's like the best concealer ever. And I used to only use the NARS Creamy Radiant Concealer and I like Mm. love this concealer. Um, So that's like my... That's like the makeup brand that I'm really loving right now. Another makeup line that I've just tried is Halsey's um, new line called About Face. She has uh, My girlfriend paints. worked on that. Oh, well, your girlfriend did a killer job because mm-hmm. I roll my eyes at every celebrity launch. But this, like even the marketing, the branding, the packaging, like the products, like so good. So I was it's like, the I'm two so girls who started Hard Candy. Remember Hard Candy? Oh, my... random. I did not and know And Smith and Colt. They both live in Pasadena. I grew up with them. No way. Uh Uh-huh. And they they did did their thing. They know about pigment and they know about packaging. And they did this partnership with her. And I was and and how cool was the gifting? The whole thing was so cool. Oh, the gifting was amazing. I was like, not you know, with celebrity lines, you don't expect a lot. But do you know who else has a great celebrity line? Um, Pharrell, his his dermatologist is my dermatologist. Yeah, it's amazing. She formulated it with him. Um, and she's been on the podcast. I trust her so much. Dr. Elena Jones. He has this humidifying cream. It's like incredible. Moisturizer. Moisture. Yeah, they call it a humidifying cream. Yeah, it's a yeah. moisturizer. But it's but by the way, that's really like nice. what a beautiful name. I just I know. Literally pictured myself laying in bed being like <laughs> dusted with pillows of moisture. <laughs> it's it's it lives up to the name. I love the pigments that are in Halsey in about face. And they, it is, it reminds, it's like Pat McGrathy where you just like rub it on and you're like, ah, oh. have you interviewed yeah. her? That's my dream. I mean, how does, how does one even get to her? How does one even get to her? That is my question. Um, you just can't. I've actually met her before a long time ago. I was like 17 years old at like, well, you were living in New York. Do you remember Fashion's Night Out? Do you remember that? Like, oh, nightmare? yeah. <laughs> 
I just saw like the poster too. It was like pink oh with God. the fashion side. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Like FNO <laughs> fashion side. I like met her at like a fashion side out event. She's like so nice. Everyone who meets her says she's like so nice, but like, yeah, if anyone listening to this knows anything about how to get to Pat McGrath's marketing team. I like, I've like emailed her PR team being like, please. I think they're like, okay, we know you would die. I'm sure lots of other people, there are lots of other people that would probably come before me um, for an interview with Pat. But yes, I love her. <sighs> okay, five products. You're on a desert island. Oh gosh, these questions are so hard. Okay, one would be like <laughs> um, a face mist, like a facial spritzing mm-hmm. mist. Like mm-hmm. I just think that's like... Do you do that before or after makeup? before, like I do it in between skincare steps. I do it after mm. makeup. Um, I just think, especially because I have dry skin. So I just like always need to like mm-hmm. rehydrate the skin. You need a good sunblock if you're on a desert island. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely bring my, my um, super good sun. Yeah. But, and, and if I'm on a desert island, no one's really going to see me. I'd probably do mineral sunscreen, even though it leaves a white cast just to make sure I'm protected. Um, lip balm. I'm a lip balm addict. Like Ooh, I am addicted. I like have to like, like eat, Everywhere by my desk, I like have... Like, what is that one? Bombs. This is Tower 28, which is like oh, a really so cute, great yeah. clean beauty brand. This is like their lip jelly, which is so comfortable. You can sleep in it. The um, Kosas, like clear... Oh. What's hey. that one called? Right oh. here. <laughs> the lip oil, the wet lip oil. Oh my God. That right here. Dream. Um, I love the Laneige sleeping mask. That's like a classic. Um, but there's this new... It's a black owned beauty brand that sold at Sephora. It's called Liss. L-Y-S. It stands for love yourself. They oh. have a lip oil that is amazing. It's $12 and it's like one of the best like long lasting lip oils that I've ever tried. So I hate having chapped lips. That is like Me the bane of my existence. Existence, Like I hate it. <laughs> so I would probably have that. And then I guess like a good hand cream. How many products am I at now? I said lip balm. I, don't know. I just want to keep spray, hearing you talk about your favorite sunscreen. stuff. <laughs> you we get go, it. We you... can go to 12 if you want. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you a hand it. cream. Yeah, I would have a hand cream. I don't like having chapped lips or dry hands. I that's either. like I that. that's like the worst. Um, but I feel like those things are also very like addictive products. We just went on a trip and obviously hadn't been on a trip in a year. And I usually have like my bag of products that I bring on the plane with me to like, I like will spritz my face and put on an oil and like put on my hand cream to make sure that I'm like, you know, and I, I like didn't really bring a lot. I was like, I'm just going to keep it simple, whatever. And I forgot hand cream and like, you know, you're putting on so you're washing your hands a thousand times and then putting on the antibacterial every two seconds. My hands were like cracking at the knuckles. And I was like, oh my gosh. I, you know what I just... Do you know, that's a big, that's a big uh, thing to let drop. Um, <laughs> one of the products that I discovered this past year that I'm obsessed with and like everyone needs to have, it's a hand sanitizer from Ona Organics, O-N-A. It's like $10. It's all like natural. Like the founder like worked so hard at formulating it. It's like using all of these beautiful essential oils, but it's like a high percentage alcohol. So it actually like disinfects and kills all of the bacteria. But I like look forward to spraying that hand sanitizer on. It's so good. I love hearing that because I'm so tired of just seeing the gross. Like there's got to be like bad and ing- ing- harmful ingredients in Purell and things that we're using all the time. Yeah. I mean, you need some alcohol to kill the germs, but this this hand sanitizer is so good. I'll, I'll send you the link after. Oh, chat. please. We should, I'll link that in the description because I'm always looking for like a yummy... It's a, Jackie Aish, who makes jewelry in LA will randomly come up with little concoctions and sent out like hand sanitizer that was like full. I had alcohol, but it was like full of essential oils and smelled so good. And I was just like, 
Uh, it was like grapefruity. And I was like, that's, Love that's, that. that's we're, it's just nice to make the experience a little nice if you can. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh. It's it's been so much fun. Always great to talk to you, mm-hmm. and I'm like excited to you know introduce myself to to your listeners, and hopefully they check out Naked Beauty. Yeah, I was gonna say, where can everybody find you? Um, so Naked Beauty, wherever you listen to podcasts, new episodes every Monday, and the community for the podcast is Naked Beauty Planet. I love posting there. That's where I share all of my beauty stuff, and then I'm Brooke Devard on all platforms. Brooke D E V A R D on Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, all TikTok, the stuff. all the stuff. Reddit. Except I love Reddit. Love Reddit. What do you look at on Reddit? Like, how do you even, where do you begin? There's a skincare addiction subreddit. That's great. Um, okay. A lot of the podcasts I listen to have Reddit communities. Um, oh. There's a lot of baby stuff. Like you should get on it. as like, I, I heard that uh, for the baby stuff, I need to get on it. Yeah. I mean, but I, I mean, love looking at it sometimes. I'll look at, there's a website called Redditate, which will just populate the most popular things shared on Reddit that day. And sometimes oh, I'll cool. look at that because I'll be like, oh, this is a great, but it gets very like uh, video gamey sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I know people are always like surprised that I love Reddit. I like love Reddit. They're like, really? Um, that makes sense. Yeah. You love it's, community. I do. I do. It's a community. I get it. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a lovely rest of your evening. And by the way, whatever that dress is, it's beautiful. Thank you so much. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.